start recording. And we're live. Oh, that is beautiful. I absolutely love the spinning logos, Donnie and Lee, Dare to Believe, and then bang into graphics. It's cool. Nice, simple. You've done a good job. You've done a good job. To the point. Thank you very much. To the point. And the logo, man, the, the colours are banging. They're proper popping there. I love it. It's awesome. Time well spent. Yes. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. Done a very good job. Very good job. Thank you very much. So guys, welcome to the Dare to Believe podcast. Now we've done a few episodes before, previously, um, a few of my own, and I've done one with um, a guy who co-hosted with me, Billy Smith. But I want to introduce you to another man. Now this man I've known for 72 years. Because if you watched any, if you watched any previous shows, you would have seen that two of the last episodes were about time travel. Um, going into the future and back. Yeah, obviously time travel. People that claim... Um, that they have uh, been to the past and to the future and they give warnings to the earth and it's, it's quite fascinating I mean some of the people you, you just think oh my what are you on what's are you on what's are you eating or drinking or smoking um, what you've been drinking yeah 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 so welcome to the man come on I'm pointing in the right direction no wrong direction this man here this man here Mr. Lee, how you doing, Mr. Lee? I'm very well, thank you very much. Mr. Lee will be. I like. Well, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee. History of martial arts. Mr. Lee is actually a black belt in origami. Well, one start over. Centerfold, pretty much. Yes. Yes. So, welcome, Lee. How are you doing? How are you feeling about being on this podcast? Is it the first time you've been on a podcast? Uh, I believe so, actually. Yeah. First proper one. So, yeah. Do you dare to believe so? I do dare to believe so. I've seen, I've seen the past ones. I've been very interested to uh, come on and uh, put my two cents in on something. So, yeah, it's fun. Absolutely, yeah. We was wondering what we was going to start with. So the first few shows we did were based around different subjects. We'd done a bit of paranormal stuff, a bit of ghost, only touching the basics. And we went into a lot of time travel stuff because it came up on YouTube and we saw some different interviews and stories from people back and forth. We thought, oh, that's quite interesting. Um, but we've got a lot of stuff to delve into, as well as going, the plan is as well to take this live show to these places, to the paranormal places, to the haunted places, and actually experience it live and give you a hands-on feel as best as possible um, through the show as well it's great to have um, Lee here now because Lee's got passion about it not just spirituality but you know, we're talking about like UFOs we're talking about conspiracy theories and all different stuff um, it's exciting times and how many rabbit holes can you go down? Yes, 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 yes. So it's the Freaky Paranormal. Freaky Friday is one of our listeners suggests. Ooh, um, big shout out to Mr. Driz and the Freaky Friday. And yes. So let's talk about Eliza Lamb. Eliza Lamb. Let's bring her up. Who we're talking about. Lee's got a picture. And I just want to say a big shout out to Driz as well because he's our admin on the show. 
if Drizz wants to answer people's questions and speak for us when we can't physically answer sometimes, that'd be appreciated. Absolutely. Going across a couple of platforms at the same time can be very confusing. A lot of hiccups going in. Yes, yes. So we've got a live audience, again, people listening on YouTube and on the podcast who's a bit confused what's going on. We have got a, uh, a behind-the-scenes channel that we interact with people, uh, some awesome people, uh, on, on an app called Live Me. And today we've got Richard here, we've got Drews, we've got Aisha. Um, we have got, I forget how to say your name, buddy, Hearts. That's easier than I thought. So we've got, yeah, some cool people we're interacting. Tidal's here as well. Sorry, Tidal. Um, yes, got a good team of people here. So the story of Eliza Lamb um, was famous many years ago, um, probably about six years, seven years ago, I think it was. Um, and then it recently had a resurgence of fame and popularity, mainly based because Netflix decided to make a show about the Cecil Hotel. Um, and it was very popular. And they used the story of Eliza Lamb as the main forefront of the Cecil Hotel stories. But the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles is very, very famous for many things. It's also famous for Skid Row, as in the area that it's based upon. And it's very famous for having multiple serial killers and murderers based within the area. We're talking about people like John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy... Israel Keys, Keith Hunter Jesperson, um, and the nice car, Richard, got his name. Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. Richard Ramirez. So, yeah, he's famous for that. People said it's paranormal. And we just want to dig a little bit deeper. So, the Eliza Lamb story, before we tell a bit more about who she was first, is a young girl. Um, she was from Canada and she decided to do some traveling and she ended up going from um, British Columbia, Vancouver, and she disappeared in Los Angeles, the Cecil Hotel. That's where she disappeared. And some people came out with conspiracies, some people came out with paranormal stories, and some people came out with murder stories. And it literally took the world by storm. There were people on YouTube and in different places around the world trying to solve this case because it went on for a long time. The police didn't release much information and they couldn't determine what actually happened because she literally just vanished. It wasn't like she was here for a day and gone then found. She was gone for three weeks to something a month, I think it was, um, until, they, until they discovered her, yeah. So Eliza Lamb, she was a 21-year-old tourist who, in 2013, 2013, she disappeared, and obviously she was found dead at the Cessa Hotel. Uh, her death was ruled out accidental. That's what it was originally ruled as, accidental. But there are still unanswered questions about what happened to her. She was 21, tourist from British Columbia, Vancouver. She disappeared while standing at the Cessa Hotel. It's a Los Angeles hotel with a long and lurid history. She was last seen on January the 31st, 2013. As part of the police investigation, a video was released that showed Eliza Lamb behaving erratically in a hotel elevator. This footage became like a viral sensation. And on February the 19th, 2013, Eliza Lamb's body was found inside a water tank right on top of the roof. Um... Now, her death was later determined to be accidental drowning, though the exact um, circumstances that led to her actual death still remains unclear. Lamb is the subject of a 21 documentary, um, Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, and she's also this Netflix one as well. So it, it became a massive, massive, massive mystery. 
got the uh, elevator shot as well. Yeah, so what we'll do, Lee's going to pop up the elevator shot uh, footage now. So if you guys listening or live meet or any other places, go to YouTube now and type in Eliza Lamb and search or Cecil Hotel Eliza Lamb escalator footage just so you know where we are and what we're seeing at the moment so you can have a better understanding if you're listening live. Yeah. It's quite opening. So Lee, what do you think? When, let's, let's talk about it as we watch it and as we see it happening. It's an amazing thing. So yeah. the lift actually opens, doesn't it? The door opens and she walks yeah. in. What I might do, guys, for the live in the audience that listening, I want to try and spin this camera around so you can actually... So, best I can do, guys, for you on the live side. Live and direct, Hearts shouts out. So, big up to our listeners here, Aisha. Hearts, who we got here, Charming, Driz, Tidal, Rich. Yes, Aisha, Aisha, Aisha. Tidal just looks at the video as well. It's amazing footage. It's um, very disturbing, and you probably want to watch it three or four times. I think Lee's just debugging something here. Yeah? I'm not sure yep. what he's doing. Yeah. I'm just uh, making sure that I'm back, back in the picture properly. Just so the different theories, there are many different theories with this. Um, people were saying the footage had been edited and doctored because there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a glitch in where you lose 30 seconds of footage, and they say well something happened, but when I think about it. I assume, because of the amount of footage running, I'm, a lot of these cameras were probably based on motion sensors. So if nothing was happening for 30 seconds, the camera probably stopped. And then as soon as the escalator door went to shut, it reactivated the motion. So what we see of Eliza in these videos, she's acting very erratically, and she seems to be communicating to someone that's not there. And again, conspiracy people were saying that there is someone there um, in the hotel with her. Um, information come out eventually that Eliza Nam suffered tremendously with bipolar disorder and she was on new medication and during the autopsy reports they found that she had been self-dosing herself um, half or sometimes less than half so where she should have had 100% of the drug in her system she had less than like a quarter I think um, so she was trying to self-medicate the amount um, rather than taking the actual dose that was recommended during the same time as this sort of episodes and stuff. She had lots of in, um, incidents as well with people in the hotel. Um, she shared a room with three girls. Uh, she kept leaving notes telling the girls to get away, stay away, get out. She would lock the doors, not, not, not let the girls come in. So eventually the hotel moved her to a private room to stop her causing any more scenes. Um, uh, so sort of hushed up in a way. Yeah, she, she documented in her diary quite frequently daily. This is how the police managed to find her whereabouts at different places. She used um, a blogging system and she talks a lot about her mental health and how she was struggling. 
That's a that's a real shame. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. Just I remember watching this uh, video when it was first released over the internet by the police. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it was shown at BBC and everywhere like that. But it's just uh, the way that she was behaving. Just it seemed like she was severely of like really frightened of something or someone like she's trying to get away from someone like quickly putting her hands all the way down the buttons to just go wherever as quickly as possible to just close the um the door yeah. as possible i mean you know? people went into the hotel later and they did tests and they could work out exactly what floor she was on by the button that didn't light up on the screen, there's a button, and it was, I think it was floor 13 or floor 15 or something like that. It didn't light up. So when she was pushing it, um, she was not aware of what she was pushing and how she was pushing it. She would just hit the buttons. Um, oh. Because the, the reason the lift wouldn't close, because people kept saying, well, the lift was left open by someone. They trapped her. It was a setup. Someone killed her. But when you look at the main, the main button she pressed was called the door open button. And oh. she held it, which means the door will stay open for at least one minute. Um but the conspiracy people were instantly like, no. But you can see her push the door open button. Because she didn't know what she was doing. Um, she was also seen wandering upstairs in private staff areas and was asked to leave before all this. Um, so do you reckon she was a she was, she was She was going... I, I, looking at as she was walking in, there was some kind of psychosis going on there, I believe. Um, hmm. Now, whether it's due to a medication that she weren't taking or she was drugged within Skid Row. Um, it's the largest drug networks, open drug networks in the world. Of course, because um, it's populated by all the homeless people. Yes. Yes. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it's... Guys, people listening, it's um, madness. Um, so they drugged two eyeballs and then she went swimming is what... Aisha thinks. Um, I still think it's to do with her bipolar and her episodes and self-medicating because there was no there was no drugs in her system in the autopsies as well. Um, the only thing they saw was that she was not taking the correct amount of dose of her new medication. So no new drug. There was no new drug in any of her systems. There was no alcohol in her system. She didn't drink and she didn't um, do recreational drugs or smoking beforehand. Um, but she always, in her diary, mentioned the amount of drugs she had to take for her mental health condition. Um, it's like six different drugs she had to take. And taking all the pills, then? Huh? Absolutely. She said she just wants a day of not doing it. She wants a day of being normal. And I think that the self-medicating thing makes absolute complete sense. Um, when I was on a search link for a while, after the two months, I was like, I'm going to do this myself so I started lowering the doses myself um, to try and self-manage and in the end the way I got past it was I don't know just I, I went cold turkey um, mm. but it makes sense that that's what she was doing um, self self medicating there was a I don't have a theory actually in the video mental health totally different isn't it yeah she just says she was says she wanted to feel what it's like to feel normal for a change. Um, but what is normal? But 
I know what she means. Obviously, manic highs, manic lows. Um, it's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. She um, there's a, a clip in there as well where she walks out and people say you can see a foot standing at the left of the lift. And um, again, it's just complete made up. You look and you can see it's her foot. They said her foot couldn't turn that way, but when you walk, look how she walks out, she walks out like she's um, drunk, but she's not drunk. She's unbalanced, and her foot turns, it lands. As her heel lifts, it causes a shadow, and it makes the black part of the tile accentuate a little bit, which makes it look like there's a foot there, but you can see it's not, because for her to have done that, she would have had to have stepped on a foot completely like this. Um, you can't step through someone's foot. So I'm saying that was already there. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And the footage shows that, but again, shows that, but again, people, conspiracy people. But the interest show really started angering me at one point. It's like, why are you just showing all this nonsense and drivel from people? Um, all these detectives. Um, mm. And what I actually realised oh, at the end, people they, all, online now, isn't it? All the people online were like, we think we got a little bit carried away. Um, <laughs> With the conspiracies and the thingy, they just got caught up in the moment. Um, when she died, she also like when you die in water, nine times out of ten you're face down, and that's how you remain. When they found her, um, she was found face up, um, which people are like, oh, what's that about? But the way the tanks work is they drop quite low and then they fill, and the motion of the tanks doing this could easily turn a body over in positions and stuff um, yeah i mean even if you went along with uh one of the conspiracies that oh she was dumped in there afterwards uh or even if she was hallucinating she climbed in and then sort of came to her senses and realized you know gonna be facing upwards regardless so like that doesn't really change anything you know by the way that she yeah. was found yeah. No, there were theories that a body was she was killed and taken up and dumped in the water tanks as well, but there was no ligature marks in her body, no cuts, no bruises, no scratches or anything. And to get her up the tank, they said you cannot lift the human body, dead or alive, up there and not scratch it on Without the stairs. Absolutely, no. yeah. And there, there was nothing. Um, so yeah. She, she got there herself. I mean, the, the sniffer dogs, when they went down there, couldn't find nothing. But they sniffed a window that had been opened up. And they, they for a little while, they looked at it and sniffed, and then they walked away. Mm. Um, so she could have easily gone through the windows. The alarm systems didn't go off. Um, so I think the mystery, like, when I first saw it, I massively watched all the conspiracy stuff, and I was like, oh, wow. Ghosts. I went, oh, that could be ghosts and all this stuff. The elevator door. Um, but I think the truth is, it's just a really, really, really sad story uh, of a girl that was trying to find her way. Tragic. It's a tragic story. Mm. And like I said, she, she went up to the water tank and even went for a swim while she fell in. Um, yeah. I mean, but there is still that air of mystery about it, though, isn't there? Really? Yeah. Um, and even when everything has been explained it's still interesting from even a psychological perspective yeah Um, how can someone get into that situation Um, and can 
connecting all the dots like okay she's not been taking the medication she was supposed to yeah and that slowly has a gentlemental effect I mean what did you say she suffered from bipolar bipolar yeah I think she had depression as well so it's extreme high and lows isn't it as you said yeah but I mean I, I I'm no doctor but I I've, I've not heard of anybody hallucinating um if they're bipolar that that seems you know uh more of a uh psychoactive sort of uh problem like um uh what is it when you hit uh, schizophrenia and stuff like that where you can have visual or auditory hallucinations and stuff like that. Yeah, there could be yeah, something like to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had some of that, that as well. I mean, because the, the way that she was acting, it's quite clear that she was not right. So she must have been shouting at someone, you know, if she wasn't hallucinating. I mean, if she was hallucinating, yeah. then it's understandable she was shouting at nothing. But if it's just bipolar, um, and there is no known sort of hallucinations with that, as far as I'm aware, um, then she must have been shouting at someone. So who was she shouting at? It might have just been a staff member who was like, or just a random person who came out of their room. And she's yeah. like, ah, yeah. you know, but nobody came forward. Nobody said anything. That all they saw was the CCTV, which is why everybody was all oh what's going on yeah you know yeah. plus but she yes yeah, get out the hotel as well so she would walk through the hotel and shout out i'm crazy <laughs> well nobody says that um, they're crazy people who are crazy don't believe they're crazy because that's their world they believe that anyone else is crazy not them yeah it's delusion isn't it um but i mean she didn't look like she was physically capable of swimming or getting out of a water tank either. I mean, the jumping back and forth was hiding from someone. But again, that could be an internal vision rather than saying actually there. Yeah. Um, like she's freaking herself out, you mean? Like, mm. in a sense, she's when not she seeing goes, or hearing things, but it's things that she's hearing she, that's making her act the way she is. There's a lot of hand gestures in there. Like, yeah. Nah. yeah but nah. when she was doing that, right... I wasn't. I didn't take that as though she was talking to someone. Yeah. Yeah. I took that as though she was like listening to music, swaying the hand. It was, was, was conductory. I know what you're saying you know with that. Yeah. Um. So like, but either way, the behaviour is all over the place. Um. Again, I think that's what, even with the uh, explanation, you know which is known as the truth at the moment. I mean, it could change with other evidence and stuff like that. You never know with these sort of things. But there is still an era of mystery, even though there is a truth that came to light about it. And I think it's particularly yeah. mostly around the fact that it happened at the Cecil Hotel. The place has a lot of history. As you said, uh, a lot of serial killers uh, are known to have been there. I mean, too, that I, I know... Uh, from other documentaries and that I mean you've got uh, Richard Ramirez who is also known as the Night Stalker um, and Jack Unterweger 
Um, he's an Austra uh, Austrian uh, serial killer, supposedly. Uh, he he was in the 70s. Uh, Romero was in the 80s. So there's always been people around that area, but it seemed to become particularly bad when uh, Skid Row sort of happened with all the homeless people being moved around to that area. You know? In Skid Row, there's over 10,000 homeless just in the one block, as in not the um, square. Mm. Um, 10,000 homeless, and it's um, kind of like a self managed, self policed. Um, area where literally it is blocked. It's literally squared off. You don't come out of it, but we'll keep all the rough and the negatives in there, and they leave them to do what they want. So people just drug deal in there. Police know they're drug dealing, but they're doing it within that one block. If they die, they die. Um, let's work for them. Absolutely. And it's yeah, it's not a good place. And the Cecil Hotel originally started off as a great place to be. But it got caught into that. They've now tried. Well, moving away from it, but they got massively they got massively sued as well by Eliza Land's parents say, for negligence. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But you say it it started off as a a pretty good place. Not really. It started off as uh, like you say, like nickel and dime for flea bidden mattresses. But like it's for people who need a place to stay. Like for, say for example, people that have just come fresh out of prison. Most people won't take prisoners, uh, ex-convicts, mm. sorry, um, and that, that the likes. You know, people just with bad reputation, even if they're trying to turn their life around, um, they have to go to these sort of places. And how can you expect them to turn their life around if they're in such conditions as a start? But even before I got to that part, I mean, in the 1920s and the 30s, there was murders there suicides there like it just does not have a good history i mean uh the if you've watched uh the uh show uh, american horror stories the um season about the hotel that hotel is loosely based on the cecil hotel so um you know i mean obviously that's hollywood-esque you know taken from things but still like there's nothing like a good show from a bit of um dark history you know with a place yeah yeah but the but it was when they built it it was over a million pounds to build this hotel and you look at it, it's actually quite a well, it was a nice looking hotel when they first designed beautiful. it the, the yeah. first yeah the, you know the original design i love that sort of architecture sort of um Nouveau um, Imperial reinvoked, isn't it? Sort of, you know, um, very pretty. But then it ma it made me laugh, like it's especially uh, obviously around the Eliza Lamb case where all the investigations were going on, and everything like that. I mean, obviously the history came out that. It was a patch I don't think it's no longer called Cecil Hotel either. I think it's now called Stay on Main. Something. They changed yeah, the name. Yeah, even then, like, she stayed at Stay on Main. Or whatever the... Uh, there was... Uh, if that's a new the new name for it, I do apologise. But she stayed at one. But the, what they did was they split the hotel in half. But the thing is, both the new 
uh, rooms that were redecorated for the students and sort of uh, hostel-esque sort of uh, rooms. So for people who backpack and that sort of thing. Cheap but nice and clean. Um, they had the front of the hotel, so to speak. And the back of the hotel was still old, dilapidated, scummy, flea-bidden. But both both places used the same elevators. Mm. So you still came in contact with these people. And that's what you know, supposedly made this investigation quite a wildfire one. Um, but that yeah, was their... Yeah, that was their... They're, um, it's well known for um, the toilets when they toilet elevators. People, people just go up and just defecating them. It's, but like you know, it's advertised as one thing, but whereas when you get there behind closed doors, it's a very different aspect, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a crack house is still a crack house, even if you gave it a new lick of paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> there, was another, there was another interesting part of the documentary as well um, to do with a like a death metal singer. If you saw that bit, uh, I don't. I watched it like when it first. He was. He was there. He was at the Eliza. He was at the hotel a day before Eliza Lamb. Murdered, but he made extreme videos of murder. Yes, yes. Um, he's he was all from Mexico or he was. Ecuador, yeah. like South America, yeah. somewhere, and his life was, has been destroyed. Yeah. Like he had people just saying, "You murdered her. You done that?" Because they just created this myth, all because he posted a YouTube video up of him sitting there talking about stuff, and then they followed these videos, and they were about death, murder and well, kidding and stuff. Metal. So death metal, yeah, death metal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, not death metal. It's black metal. Sorry, it was black metal because it's morbid, isn't it? Is the yeah, sort that's, of genre. yeah, that's that's the. He doesn't play music at all now. He completely stopped. Yeah. yeah, I remember, like, at the end, you know, like, the aftermath, the the afterthoughts, as it were. Like, he was in tears. Yes. Poor yes. You know? Yes. It's really sad. And you think, yeah, the accusations and people threatening him and saying, you're the murderer, you did this, I know what you did. And he's like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I did nothing. It's mentality, though, isn't it? Um, but I mean, he released a few videos saying I didn't do it. But then you look at some of his other videos that he's done, and you know they were a sort of not provoking that situation. But he was doing videos like drinking blood, running, and cutting yeah. and that stuff. So it's all it was like Marilyn Manson when he first came exactly. out. Everyone looked at him like a loony, but he was he's morbidity. But that's that's but it was a clever marketing. It called him. Yeah. 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 It pulled in the type of people that he wanted to listen to it and the marketing. Well, like they say um, that Ozzy Osbourne bit the head of a live bat. That's one of the most famous, of most famous stories about yeah. him, isn't it? That's what he's iconically known for. It, it, uh, he did, but not knowingly. He thought it was a fake bat because someone threw it on stage. He thought it was a rubber bat, so he bit into it and then he realised and spat the head out and, he, you know, the show must go on. But, you know, it was painted that he done it on purpose. (laughs) But it's just easy, isn't it? Just to put things into your own perspective or what suits you. There's a lot of... um, 
people now that go because the Cecil Hotel or stay on main now they have security now all throughout the hotel that parole the thing because it became so famous that people now secretly go there and try and film stuff and obviously you've seen loads of paranormal shows people going there now um, yeah so it's, it's, in some ways all this in some ways the hotel probably doesn't want this out but in other ways all this, all this stuff massively is pulling people in, isn't it? There's no publicity yeah. like bu bad publicity. No such thing as Absolutely. bad publicity, should I say? I, think I, was, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I think I first discovered it before all this. There's a, is it BuzzFeed? BuzzFeed? They do paranormal they stuff. They jump on everything, so yeah. it, would yeah. not, it would not surprise me the slightest. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and they're BuzzFeed, but it's true. They went, down they went down to it and did an episode on communication and stuff, but yes, I don't know if I'd ever want to go there. I mean, Skid Row looks absolutely terrifying, if I'm honest, to walk around. During the day, it's fine, but at night, oh. Buzzfeed Paranormal, absolutely. I really enjoyed the few shows I did. Um, you got the atheist and you got the absolute believer in you, who literally, he's like, right, we're going in there now. Um, so let's see how it goes, and oh my god, it's a ghost! Oh, no, it's not, it's a tree. Oh, oh my god, it's a ghost! No, it's a sock. Oh, one um, extreme the other. So you got the atheist who sits there, who's like, got a ghost standing here, spitting at him, he's like, it's the wind. <laughs> Did you see that? Wind. <laughs> but it's, the, it's the good blend. Obviously, I'm exaggerating it. Um, but it's funny. It is funny. It makes me chuckle. Um, they do some good shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, the atheist one, he'll sit up there and say, come on, attack me, hurt me, nothing. And then he goes downstairs, the other guy goes up, sits there, the atheist is waiting, listening, and all you hear is the, the believer screaming his head off, going, ah, I'm so scared. Ah! It's pretty much like the... Uh... The polar opposites of our minds, though, I would say, you know, we, yes. we I think we're the sort of people that would like to believe. So we search for things to, to evidence, but at the same time, we're logical enough to go, yeah, I'm not falling for yeah. Yeah. stupid rubbish. But at the same time, there must be something, you know, that the question, the yeah, the the striving curiousness of human nature. So, to break this down a little bit more, then, so the Eliza Land thing, end of the day, it's it's not paranormal. It's not anything. It's just a, in my opinion, a very very sad story. It's a sad, unfortunate medical case. That's what it yeah. seems to yeah. be. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent. Now, now. I I do believe in paranormal. So is the Cecil Hotel haunted? If 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 there was a place that's haunted, it's definitely gonna be. That's definitely gonna be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You would. What more do you need for a building to have? Like they say, you need lots of history and energy and situations. It's got that. You need lots of people and energy passing through it and stuff throughout the life. You've got that. It's also got a lot of. Beyond trauma and tragedy, it's got negative energy beyond belief. It's got murders, rapists, pedos. It's got drugs and everything going around it constantly. All the sort of people you want at a family gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, or not. So it, <laughs> but easily, if there's, if there's a place that's going to have it, absolutely, it's going to be the Cecil Hotel. It's definitely going to be one of them. I mean, crikey. I mean, it depends on how superstitious you are. But again, if there is going to be one place that is haunted by spirits, it's definitely going to be the Cecil Hotel. The history it has, absolutely. like you said, serial killers, murderers, drug dealers. Or was what one of our listeners says? Sounds like a normal Christmas for me. <laughs> Dinner at the Cecil Hotel. Is it Cecil or Cecil? I would, I would imagine it's Cecil. It's American, it's Cecil. American, so Cecil. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because if you if yeah, you had Cecil. an R, Cecil. 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 <laughs> no, I was getting confused. I was getting tongue twisted. If you had an I, it'd be pronounced Cecil. So Cecil. 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 I don't feel right now. I don't feel right now. Cecil. The Cecil Hotel. Cecil. Not the Cecil. The Cecil. Cecil by the seashore. <laughs> So Lee, tell us a bit more about other things that happened at the Cecil, 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 the Cecil Hotel. Yes, again, we've had another comment from Kaimora, and she is saying about the Ghost Adventurers. I remember watching that as well. There's a lot of paranormal shows. Taps, the Atlantic Paranormal Association, quite a good one as well. Society, what it's called. Um, they were really good. They went to there. Well, let's see. Sorry, Lee. Yeah, the history of a lot of murders, wasn't there? Obviously, Richard Ramirez. Oh, Richard Ramirez. He's he's known as that was his that was his stadium place, wasn't it? Yeah, he's he stayed there quite often, supposedly during these sprees. Um, but he was known as the Night Stalker um, through the eighties, throughout LA. He was just going after yeah, pretty much anyone and everyone he could. On anyone, um, he's not the only one, though. I mean, you've you've got m- unsolved murders from the nineteen twenties. I mean, it was when was it finished? It was finished in. Do you, know what Do you know what amazed me about the Richard Ramirez thing as well? Is that when he was in court, yeah. he, 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 had he had women. Absolutely flocking to him, oh. like love letters. People asking to marry him. Um, girls coming coming to the courtroom, sitting there, in love with him. Absolutely, they're in love with him. Exists. Those people exist. I don't. I don't know what goes through their head, but they exist. Deluded. That's it's, uh, it's, it's, that's an understatement. What kind of guy do you want? Um, I don't know. Just a, you know, a nice guy. What do you want? I don't know a guy that's murdered at least 17 people. I want a guy. I want a guy who said, who 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 writes love poems for me in cards made of uh, human flesh, inked in his blood, and uh, smells of the corpses that he's just recently uh, disposed of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When he when he when he speaks to me, I want him to stroke my hair and tell me how he imagines uh, I'd be dead, how he would kill me. <laughs> that that's that's got to be the sort of thing that goes through their mind. Because what what else would possess you to go? 
Oh, oh, he's tasty. After seeing his face pasted over uh, he's responsible for killing X, Y, and Z amount of people. It's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. Yeah, like, how many still killers actually in love? Like, they literally... They have just so much... What's the word to use? Tau. <laughs> they have so many people just want them. That's a lot of serial killers. It's not like just Richard Ramirez. He's not the only one. It's... But is it their fame? Because they become some sick sense of celebrity. They are, they are. Well, yeah, it's fame, celebrity, power. Um, yeah. Some people like the bad boy. Yeah, but there's a difference between the bad boy and the broken boy. Because the bad boy still has some sense of hope. He's got some sense of humanity. Mm. Maybe I can fix him, you know. Or so, mm. you know, the boys and girls say. But, um. Yeah, there is a there isn't a fine line, mate. I wouldn't say there's a fine line. There's definitely a big line between being a Jack the Lad, yeah, a bit of a bad boy, and Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. You know? But Ted Ted Bundy, he was um, he was highly likable, wasn't he? Uh, well, I. I... <laughs> When you hear the documentaries and read about him, he was very, I mean, go, very good with people. Going from a bias, sociopath, isn't it? Sociopath, where you can really, oh yeah, um, he was really good. Um, he got what he wanted. He knew how to manipulator. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what when you watch, or when I watch um, videos of uh, criminals in that, because I'm interested in criminology, psychology, and stuff like that. Watch uh, people being interviewed and that by the police. Um, getting tips. And that sort of getting thing. tips. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when I watch things like Ted Bundy and his interviews or when they're in court and he's talking, even with the biasness uh, against him, even if without that, I don't, me personally, I don't hear a person who... Wow, yeah, he's a really likable character. He verbally, the way he sounds, the, the the choices of words he uses, he sounds like a very arrogant man. But then again, I mean, wh when was that? That was what late eighties, early nineties, and yeah. back then yeah. it was all like through the eighties, it was all about power, power, wasn't it? Mm. So like, oh, if you have the best car, if and you have this X, Y, and Z, you're the best person. But it's different for us because we already know he's a murderer, and we can look as a separate entity over it all. When you're in, his, when you're in his world, people didn't see him like that, did they? They didn't know he's a murderer for one. Yeah, if you if you're attracted to someone, you're attracted to them. But I mean, to me, I mean, I, I can turn around and say when somebody is good looking, you know. But I mean, I'm not gay, so I wouldn't find them sexually attractive. I would just find them. Attractive, like is a good-looking man or a good-looking woman, but um, I don't think I think he's plain. If anything, looking, say Ted Bundy for example, or any of these characters, if not very menacing and skeletal, like they look like what they are. Some of them don't, right? But most of them are either plain or they look very. They don't look well. 
Yeah. Um, how are they attractive? Right? So it must be their charm. Right? But when I was say, okay, yeah, there is that biasness. But even without that, I was listening, you know, openly. Just listening to the way the guy talked. The, the words he used. He just came across really arrogant. Like... He was the best, per- like, he saw himself as the most intelligent, the best looking, um, whatever the best thing is, he thought he was that in the room, even as but he was being that is, that is, on the dock. That is what a, a, narciss- a narcissist, um, sociopath Absolutely. is. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I was just, I was just, I just found an article. That. That's the thing. I found, this article, I found this article based on this Eliza Lamb thing, and it was five different theories about how she died. I forgot that was something else to bring up. And the different theories. Obviously, we have our own opinions, and obviously there's the final validation that the police released with um, coroners and all that stuff. So that's the final outcome. But before that was actually decided, and there was different theories. There was five different theories. And obviously, the first one was she died by suicide. Let me just read some of these out. Um, the first one was Lamb had an active blog on Tumblr, and she documented her struggles with anxiety and depression. Um, she put, I wish I could put part of my brain into a taped shut box and shove it in the back of my closet for the night. She wrote that in one post. Some online sleuths have pointed to her post as evidence that she died by suicide. However, the coroner said that a full review of circumstances didn't support the idea Lamb tried to hurt herself. Um, Lamb's last post on her Tumblr also didn't suggest that she was planning her own death. She put, I have arrived in La Land, and there is a monstrosity of a building next to the place I'm staying, she wrote referring to the Cecil Hotel. When I say monstrosity, mind you, I'm saying as it gaudily, but then again, it was built in 1928, hence the Art Deco theme. So yes, it is classy, but then since it's LA, it went on to crack. So she's saying it was nice. It got put into LA, so now it's on crack and it's fed apart. And early, fairly certain, this is where Baz Luhrmann needs to film The Great Gatsby. There's a lot of people saying um, suicide was one of them because of the... The lowering demeanour. Yeah. And all that stuff. But then the second theory was she was murdered. Um, and the second theory was also the Connor concluded there was no evidence of foul play. Plenty of people still think otherwise. As shown in the Netflix documentary, pointing to Lamb's unusual behaviour in the elevator as evidence she was being followed, along with her naked body. And the, the lid on the water tank where she was found was also closed, which would have been impossible for her to do if she had climbed into the tank. But the hotel maintenance worker told Netflix that the lid had been opened when her body was discovered. He said he closed it before the police came. Oh yeah, so, I remember that confusion. Some people have also pointed the finger at Pablo Vigara, a.k.a. Morbid. That was the yeah. guy. A metal worker who shared a video of himself inside the Cesar Hotel days after Lamb's body was found. He also teased a new music video called Died in Pain around the same time. But as the doc explains, Morbid actually visited the hotel in 2012, not 2013. So he stayed, didn't overlap with Lamb's. He also later said that he was in Mexico recording an album when Lamb went missing. In the docu-series, he explained that he suffered from mental health issues from all these accusations. So he wasn't even around at that time, you know. Um, but there's a lot of people on YouTube, and this is the power of the, the, the internet and YouTube influencers that, that don't look into all their information. They just follow the regurgitated information from someone else, 
and then they just throw it out there. Absolutely. Not really thinking that to, to say that this guy is a, ma a murderer is quite a big statement. And if you get a few thousand people suddenly following you, believing it, you could absolutely destroy someone like that, um, which they did. He still doesn't do music to this day. Um, Fairy Free, well, she was abusing substances. Yeah, it's a short answer to this one. Plenty of people pointed out her behaviour in the elevator was evidence that she was hallucinating drugs. Um, but Vice reports that her toxicology didn't report any evidence of drugs or alcohol in her system. Um, just the lack of them. I said anything. Just the lack of medication that she actually needed, yeah. And number four was it was a copycat murder. Um, in 2020. In 2005, movie Dark. Oh, this was interesting, yeah. So this is how another theory came out of water. People, this one guy was going on about synchronicities, synchronicities, how things just work together. Um, in 2005, movie Dark Water. Yes, yes, yeah. People at the apartment complex um, where the main characters live complain that the drinking water is dark and tastes off. This leads to a discovery of a girl's body in a water tank on the roof. Now, there are so many films made about, about so many say, things. I remember that film, and that was a revamp. Everything's been That was a revamp of a Japanese movie, uh, which was yes. basically, yes. it's like The Ring, but rather than the girl being thrown down the well, the girl uh, was uh, drowned by one of the ex-caretakers or something like that, and um, obviously was haunting the yeah, place ever since. In Dark Waters, and she dies, isn't she? And it's about the mum's struggle, wasn't it? I think she falls in. She falls in. Yeah. But she was wearing a red coat, and because Eliza Lamb wore a red coat. Yeah, there's a. 100%. It's... Again, if you're looking for something hard enough, you're going to find it because you've got to blind yourself. You know? There's being open, and then there's being biased. It's like. How many films have been made about viruses, and now if a virus has happened, people are like, oh, see? Absolutely. I mean, but. Um, was it epidemiology? Epid epidemiology? Oh, I can't bloody pronounce it. The study of epidemics. The study of epidemics. Yeah, um, and virologists and that sort of thing. They have been around since we've discovered. I mean, um, uh, microorganisms. Uh, you know. Uh, so since we've known that, oh, these little critters can harm us. We've been doing studies on them, and it's only just since uh, uh, technology's got better, our studies have got more in-depth and better. So now, you know, we see all these things. We've, this has been known, uh, I would say, for hundreds, if not hundreds of years, known about, but studied the way that we do, the, the past hundred years, maybe. Um, again, I'm not too glued up on that sort of thing. I'm interested, but uh, again, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But all of these things, like you say, it, it's, it only takes somebody to put the information in the wrong way. And then, sorry people, but the masses who are sheeple, who follows things blindly without actually checking, cross-referencing themselves, especially from the media and that, they'll listen to something and then they'll just run with it. And that's where you get the mob mentality. And that's what led to that young man being accused to the point that it caused him mental health problems, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeyeah. Theory five. Lamb was involved in a tuberculosis test. Now, again, this is another synchronicity thing. Um, and it's quite interesting, actually. When you read it, you think, I can get 
when you're in that mindset of trying to solve this crime, and you're looking at all the different theories and stories, and you see this, you go, ooh, ooh. Yes. So <laughs> this one is out there. Some people know that there was a tuberculosis, tuberculosis outbreak at the same time on Skid Row, just a few blocks away from the Cecil Hotel. Now, that part is true. Armchair experts point out that the test for the type of tuberculosis circulating was called LAM ELISA. So ELISA, which is Lyoporobinomenin, LAM, enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, ELISA, which was a weird coincidence that... The doctor's name, who named it, was called ELISA also? Um... No, no, it doesn't say that. It's just it's just the letters of the the components oh, enzyme right. linked thought... immunosorbent assay oh, right. ELISA and 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 LAM, which was the Lyoporara binome, whatever word that is. Some have also said that LAM was used as a biological weapon to help take out the homeless population, and that she was later killed after someone discovered that she had learned too much. But her autopsy didn't show any signs of tuberculosis, so that seems extremely unlikely. There's also, so I mentioned there, when it comes to so in many the video, she was at a hotel, not a hotel, she was at a, uh, a university in Canada, um, which was apparently based around this sort of thing as well, tuberculosis and medical thing. She's in a photo of all these people. Um, and been, oh, that's even more proof. Um, not really. If there's a common outbreak in places, then... It's going to go up and down. It, it's it's a common problem. Yeah, that just shows you five theories already. Like came out. Oh yeah, it was, it's yeah. easy to draw to draw things out of thin air when you're using your imagination with a few things that seem really important. Like, but, but, you know, it's quite it's quite mad as well. Like that you would try and solve a crime. In your head, by only seeing a five-minute video. We all do it, though. No, but they—they no, they actually believe that they solved it, but they completely, oh, you mean they, they completely the internet ignored. Or... Yeah, they ignored the fact that the police were spending over eighteen hours a day, um, multiple, you know, officers and money poured into this, going over it, going over it. But that was all irrelevant because it's the police. There's going to be a corruption. It's just like. I'm sure the police asked that question. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. You know? And if that officer didn't, there was another one behind him and then another one behind him. That's why you get so many, it, depending on what it is that they're investigating. But if it's something really important like murder, you can huh. expect to be spoken to at least two different officers. One being a beat cop or whoever was there at the scene when, you know, they got called in. And then a homicide did detective or whatever that comes and follows you know you're going to be speaking to at least one uh t sorry two different uh police officers depending on the severity of the crime uh, murder isn't a wishy-washy sort of thing it's a serious 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 offense it was good that they actually had the policeman on the show um Is that, you get people who watch far too many movies you know, and they don't, you know, the difference between books and movies, for example, you know, like crime novels 
and movies. People who write the books, they have to do the research, which is why they're so more believable. Once, obviously, it gets to Hollywood, it's blown out of proportion. Uh, you watch too many movies, you don't know how life works. You don't know no. how a police officer does conducts their work. I certainly don't. Um, but it's not what we see in the movies. <laughs> Otherwise, no, criminals would be getting no. away with everything, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, my... Um nephew in law he is 25 24 25 he's just become a detective now and he's passed his detective and he's a full detective and i jokingly said to him so can you be like jack frost walk around he went well it's not really right that to be honest no he went nah pretty boring so you can't just walk around in your big jacket your coat and your hat and go oi you sunshine yeah nah he's like no not really what else yeah, can't wear a big jacket like that either. No, no, it's not Jack Frost, but yeah, but that's based on how it was in a certain era, and even then, yeah. that's that's a romanticized version of how it was. You know, you watch all of the police movies from the seventies. It's the cops are jumping over cars, running people over, punching them in the face, shooting them, and saying like. Pick yourself up, punk. You know, that sort of statement. And it's like, that's good not real life. Yeah, people go, yeah, the no. good old days. But that's not how it was. Even no. even back in the day when it was more, shall we say, acceptable. Maybe not even acceptable, but less spoken about. So, you know, more acceptable. That a couple would punch you. Shut up. You know, you're a criminal. Ah, bang. You know this day and age no you know so even still romanticizing how things were it's still hollywood yeah. hollywood is hollywood you know yeah. yeah yeah but it's funny like you know when i was watching the documentary um and even afterwards i was watching some uh people on youtube and that their two cents and like just how everybody's on the same bandwagon saying the same things and I'm like do you have you have you actually done your own research have you read into it yourself or you just listen to one YouTuber and they're gone oh, I'm going to say the same thing and they regurgitated the same thing YouTube is massively no disrespect just, to anyone out there but it just seemed like that all that it happened. is a massive regurgitation you know it's as soon as one theme is released everyone then goes Oh, that's getting traffic, and they do their own version of it yeah. based on the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's massively on YouTube. You see that sort of stuff so much out of proportion that it becomes just clickbait, and then nobody's interested in whatever the topic is. Yeah, yeah, do it properly. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, this is a brief, kind of like a new way of showing what this new format's going to be like yeah. with me and Test. me and Lee. Ironing out the creases, seeing how things are at the moment. You're going to be seeing this on YouTube and it's going to be on all the podcast platforms that you can imagine. Every single one, it's there. It's out there. Dead Sweet Podcast is there. Episode 8 is just being released. And we talk about all things paranormal, all things mystical, all things spooky, scary, wonderful, crazy, unbelievable. But we also talk about your stories as well. So this is something we've not mentioned yet, but very soon we're going to be setting up a way for you guys 
to send us your stories. Now you can send it through written formats, either through Telegram or WhatsApp, whatever way is easier for you. You can even send audio notes through Telegram, WhatsApp as well. And we want to hear your stories. And if the stories are really good, we can either read them out for you or we can eventually bring you on the show and dive a little bit deeper into your stories, what's, what's happening with that as well. And if it's really fascinating and you really think that there's something going on, like, you, like you've got proof, you've got stories, you've got um, feelings and you've got experiences. <laughs> and feelings like everyone else. If you've got everything there and you go, look, I've got these photos, I filmed this, this is what I felt, this is what I've seen, this is what I've heard, this is what's happened. We'll come down. We will come down and we will live stream exactly where you say this stuff happens. We'll stay up and we will do a little bit of investigation. And do an investigation. And we will try and help you validate your stories as well. Yeah, not, so, yes. not the hairy hands of Broadmoor, please, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, so Dare to Believe podcast is on all the streaming platforms as in uh, audio-based podcast platforms. So it's on Spotify, it's on Amazon, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on CastBox, it's on Deezer, it's on TuneCore, it's on everything you can think of. I think TuneCard has made up. Um, it's on all the different podcast platforms you can think of. It's Tune something, I can't remember what it is. TuneCore is a music distribution company, I've realised. It's not on, it's not on TuneCore. Plugging something that's not even a part of it. Yeah. Um, and the bonus as well is videos will now be on YouTube as well, so you'll be able to see these. So there'll be a premiere of this episode and many episodes coming out. We're not sure on the day schedule yet, but as soon as we get a day schedule, we'll be letting you know, and it'll be on the same day schedule then. Yeah, we've been suggested Freaky Friday. So maybe, maybe that could be the one. Or Unholy Sunday, one or the other. Maybe it be Freaky Fridays. Freaky Friday. I don't know why I don't have to. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Well, there's something Freaky to do. There's another part as well I want to bring into Dead to Believe as well is um, near death experiences. Stories about that as well. I want to delve deeper into that stuff. Um, so not just seeing paranormal experience stuff, actually your own internal stuff as well, like near death experiences or things like that. That's something that really fascinates me as well. Yeah. You're like the, the white at the end of the tunnel, that sort of thing. I was flying above my body. Yeah, yeah that sort of stuff. Astral, astral yeah, travel. travel and... Astral projection. If you're someone that, you know, can do astral travel, astral projection, um, leave, I'm going to check my camera on your screen. Um, astral projection, astral travel. If you can do any of this spiritual communication oh, yeah. you got any abilities skills psychic abilities psychic skills let us know i have been informed that we may potentially be able to speak to a spiritualist from england from kent who's actually becoming quite well known and respected and she might be able to come on the show as well um maybe we can do a chat with her some questions that you've got to ask and maybe see what she can offer us. Whether we can eventually do live readings, I don't know. Um, I think that's quite an exciting thing to have as well. So I just want to say thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. 
And thank you for all the people that watch the behind the scenes stuff on Live Me as well. We appreciate it. And question is, do you dare to believe? Mm. Next time. <laughs> Next time on Dare to Believe. <laughs> Lee. Does Lee wear trousers or boxers? Do you dare oh. to believe? Or does he go full commando? Oh. Find out next hey, week. No there. <laughs> That'd be on the creature feature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there. Thank you, everyone. See you later. <laughs>